this morning. How many is glad to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. We will try not to keep you till 2 o'clock this morning. Me and my lovely wife of 59 years, this coming February the 2nd, is planning on going to Mexico to get warranted in for 30 days vacation. <laughs> After your son-in-law gives you a free trip, my wife gets afraid. What if we get? I said, oh, my Lord, have mercy. If we get, we're 80 years old, we get stuck, we're just stuck. Amen. We'll call the church and have them send us money and we'll just stay a month. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The sun will be shining, so Lord have mercy. Nothing to be afraid of, right? We welcome the Canadian group in with us this morning. I'm hoping that they'll live stream back to us that we can see them, but they're not on again this morning. So the lights kind of dim. I, my eyes can't hardly see out there real good, so... Uh, according to this lighting, I don't know why it's, you can't see clear. It must be old age or something, but uh, we're doing okay. Uh, Brother Alan Price will be with us next Sunday morning to minister for us. And uh, we pray that you'll all come and uh, back our brother, young brother up in that service. Billy and Judy, glad to see you this morning. It's quite a drive all the way up from the boot hill. But you won't have many trips left to, to do that. We're on barred time now as far as being able to have services. Uh, if I thought this was going to go on for five, ten years down the road, I would retire. And basically let some young man come in and take the group on down to the next ten or fifteen years or wherever we're at. But since we only got another six months or a year, maybe a year and a half to minister, uh, by the grace of God we'll stay with it until they close us down. You say, well, they're not going to close us down. According to a vindicated prophet, they are. And basically, in the first two weeks of this administration, which everybody knew, he told you what you're going to do. He's done more to destroy America and its economy, its schools, its education, equality, and all this that's been accomplished in 50 or 60 years. Uh, basically, the shock hasn't hit the system yet, but it won't be long until the shock waves hit. And then we'll feel it all through our society, our churches, and everything else. My problem is this. If the teachers union does not want to go back and teach our children, uh, when I get back, I'm going to try to figure out why I have to pay school taxes. Because I think my school taxes this past year was a little over $6,000. And since they're not going to have school, I don't think we should have to pay. But if I'm going to pay you to set it home, then you'd rather sit at home than listen to uh, kids screaming and hollering and every, every day. So if I'm going to pay you the same amount to stay home, then how much? How many would rather stay home and do what you want to do and get the same pay? Every one of us would. So we have a problem in America. And the unions and boycotts and things like that is taking hold. And it will come to the church. And it's headed that way as quickly as it can come. So keep that in mind. Keep prayerful because we will not be able to gather together like this very often in the future. So let's make uh, benefits out of it while we can. This morning I'll, I'll take a subject. It should be a series. 
it is a teaching subject, and basically it's kind of difficult to teach because we have a variation of ages in the church. A lot of young couples have not sat for 20 or 30 years and listened to the tapes and listened to the message and sermons, what more. So many times when we say things that we have said over and over for 30-something years, it's not familiar with you because you have not said and heard it. Uh, so basically we do a lot of repeating, and the older ones have heard it for a long time. They say, well, I've heard that over and over, uh, so I, I'd like to have something new. There is nothing new under heaven. We as a Gentile people, we have received the truth as far as truth is concerned to us to take us into the resurrection and the rapture. So we just, what I just titled, Establish in the Present Truth. Present day truth. That's my subject this morning. And we'll read a text. But I want to start off and direct your minds uh, in a direction of our subject. And we want to read a couple of quotes or two or three quotes to basically uh, move our minds into the thought of being established. There is a group of people that has to be established in the present day truth. And I put emphasis on the present because it's the truth that's present to us now. There must be a group of people established in the present day truth. Now, this is not said in derogatory of what people believe in this message. And there's thousands of them. They've got different variations of the message. Different teachings. One more. There's more, uh, there's more division and groups within the message claiming to teach the same message from the same source than there is out there in the, in the religious world. So we have a problem in this hour of many teachers, many this and many that. But there's many today, and it is the largest group in the message so far that believes that Brother Branham was the end-time prophet, even to the point that many of them make him deity. Now just listen carefully and don't get... Uh, too involved in the thoughts, but just listen where the mentality is. Many believe that he was a deity. Now, that spirit that got on the people, even when Brother Brown was here, caused him to leave the scene or the ministry for a period of about a year or four because they were making him God. And he said doing that made him anti-Christ. Now, he also said that that group was closer than any of the rest because they actually saw something. Keep that in mind now. So those who believe in Brother Brandle's ministry in many different degrees, the largest group now, which is in Jeffersonville under Brother Branham's uh, sons and family, and I have nothing derogatory to say. This is just what they teach and believe. That Brother Branham's message and his books was, Thus saith the Lord, every word that he spoke was basically the absolute. And uh, you need the books now and not the Bible. And there's no living ministry outside of the tapes. That you, everybody must listen to the tapes. And I'll put it like this. We would be 100% better if we listened to tapes. Not in service like this, whatever more, but it wouldn't hurt us to listen to some when we had questions about different things. But uh, they believe that it was Elijah ministry. But keep in mind that Brother Branham said himself that he was only the voice of the one that was here. He's only the voice of one that was here. So we show you the picture of the pillar of fire over and over. 
trying to get the people to separate Brother Branham from the true leader of the church, which is the Holy Ghost himself. The Holy Ghost needs men to be able to use to communicate his thoughts and himself to people. That's just the way that God has set it up. He could use a donkey. He could use whatever more, but he has decided to use man. He also decided that it would be a prophet because he would not bring his word or speak to anyone or the people outside of the office of a prophet. And a prophet, therefore, would only be the mouthpiece or the communicator or the agent of the invisible one, veiled from our natural eyes that we cannot see him, but he is there. And you can see his presence by the vindication and the works and the signs that follows that ministry, proving that he was there. And therefore, we could absolutely see the invisible as though he was visible. Now, there's many today that teaches and uh, basically they're coming against the presence doctrine, proving that, saying that the perusia of Christ means that the literal presence, in other words, the physical Jesus has to be here. To be a literal presence because Brother Branham only taught an invisible presence. Well, it was only invisible to our eye because we could not see him. You couldn't see the light or the form of a man in a spiritual form. We, we could not see him because it's veiled. But he could see it. And God allowed his picture to be taken to prove that he was absolutely seeing and talking to someone. So it wasn't an invisible presence as far as nothing's there that you got to take it on the basis of the word. Because when that spirit spoke, he would bring to pass exactly what he said. In other words, he would heal and raise up the dead and different things like that, that a man speaking could not do. Proving that there was some power there, good, bad, or indifferent. There had to be some power there that was bringing to pass what this voice was coming out telling you. We believe that it was the Holy Spirit, God Himself. And I believe that He was there in the form of a light. So we uh, understand to me that Brother Brandon was only a voice. He had a ministry, and it come at a time, like all other prophets or like all other men in the Bible, there come a time that his ministry was fulfilled as far as his part was concerned, and he was taken off of the scene. Now, to many, basically, it stopped. And as far as the ministry and the manifestation of that prophet's ministry, as far as we knew to the church, miracles and discernment and things like that, it did cease because that ministry was taken away. But the point being is God never leaves the scene because he takes his man away. He always has another a man prepared or another ministry prepared to carry on his work to absolutely bring to pass or fulfill what this man had said, he only takes it to the next stage and brings to pass exactly the plan. And you can see that the type was always used of Moses and then basically Joshua as being the one uh, that carried the people over. So uh, in the quote, and Brother Bram said this, uh, in the quote, God's way that's been made known for us. Now watch his titles because his titles tells us what's going on. He said, and if the church tonight will only follow the pillar of fire, the Holy Spirit, you'll make Canaan as sure as anything. Because God has provided a way. 
Now, keep in mind, and my point is this now. If we believe that Brother Brown was a prophet, and what he said was, Thus saith the Lord, and every word is the absolute, and you can only listen to the tape. If you listen to certain tapes, you will not be established in the present day truth. Because if you look at this tape, this uh, quote right here in 1952, Brother Branham is telling the, you that the Pentecostals, now remember the messenger comes at the end of the age. So here God is, which is his own messenger, God the Holy Ghost of which these people claim to have. Speaking in tongues, dancing, shouting, miracles, wondering all the emotion that was going on. A. Allen meeting, W.V. Grant, all these men was going on. Here was a little hillbilly telling them that they must leave what they got or go into something else. That their ministry was not the end product. That God was here to take them on to another stage of which they refused to accept. So the prophet here in 1952 tells them that us that the pillar of fire is here leading us to Canaan. Now, if you'll follow this type now, Canaan, I'll just tell you up front, Canaan represents the period of time of the ministry of the Holy Ghost. The ministry of the Holy Ghost, where they went across and possessed the gates of the enemy. Canaan represents the period of time. Let's, let's say this. I believe Canaan represents a period of time from the seal's opening to where we're at this morning. The Holy Spirit overcomer. We've been overcoming. We've been going through a process to put up front, and I'll just read the quote here, you are and we are not still in the wilderness, which I hear message preachers saying, well, you're in the wilderness, and we start with these stories we got to do. We are not in the wilderness. Now, if we only listen to the tapes, without a ministry or what I would call a Joshua ministry, there must be a Joshua ministry because Joshua being a man had a ministry, but the prophet said that our Joshua today was the Holy Ghost himself. Now, follow what he said now. The Joshua today is the Holy Spirit himself. The Joshua today would be a ministry after Moses left the scene. The prophet is gone. And there has to be a Joshua ministry. Now, Brother Branham referred to Joshua as a book. If you'll notice very carefully, he didn't look at the man. He referred to Joshua as a book. And he also brought the Joshua for us today over to the book of Ephesians Telling us that we are writing another book of Joshua by fulfilling the book of Ephesians. Are you following now? Brother Branham could take any Bible. Now this has been said. That he could take any Bible, new or like, and lay it down. It would pop open to chapter 1 of Joshua. Just lay it down and it would just, Holy Spirit would open the book. So many teach that Brother Branham was Joshua. But Brother Brown didn't teach that he was Joshua. He taught that he had the same promise of success. And that was being a mouthpiece of God to say exactly what God said. Because if we study uh, Joshua real closely, we could, and we'll go back to it if we have time. Joshua was commissioned after Moses wrote a book of what we call the book of confessions. In other words, Joshua, uh, Moses wrote a book of principles down. 
And Joshua said he would meditate in those, that book day and night to keep him from it. And the book of Kings is also the book of Confessions. And Joshua was commissioned to only speak what Moses had already laid down. Are you following me? So Joshua was a ministry that come forth and said, Moses said to the people, and the people responded, as long as you speak and say what Moses has laid down to be the truth, we will hear you as we heard Moses. That's the ministry that we've been under for quite some time. And if the Joshua ministry is not typed out in the fivefold ministry, then I don't know where it goes to. Because the fivefold ministry in Ephesians now is given for the fivefold ministry to take the book of confession or take the message that the prophet has laid down. And uh, Revelation 10, 11 said, in other words, eat the book and then bring out of the mouth exactly what the Holy Spirit has spoke to us through the prophet, making what many people say, what Brother Bram said, Brother Bram said, Brother Bram said, which is a true principle. But without the revelation to teach the people, it falls on deaf ears and becomes a word without any life in it. So we have a Joshua ministry here today, and we find that God has always continued his work in a group of people. So if we want to look at it, that Brother Branham's off the scene, and basically we only play tapes and read the books, which that's 90% of the mentality, you're going to find yourself never being established in present day truth. Watch now, watch. Because here's another quote in 19, I believe these are 1953. Now watch, way back here in 53, the prophet said, watch, uh, in, the, in the message, Pillar of Fire. Well, if he's the same as he was then, now who is he talking about? He's talking about, according to his sermon title, the Pillar of Fire. If he, he calls him and dresses him as a person. God is a person. He is a he because he's a source of life. And he says he's the same man. He calls him a man. Because when Moses seen him, he saw the back parts of a man. The same person. In other words, Brother Bram saying the same person, the same man, Melchizedek, the same pillar of fire, which we're calling the Holy Ghost, the anointing that come out of the eternal being. Watch, he's everything that he was then. And he's, I believe he's pointing back to Jesus in the flesh. In other words, this pillar of fire is everything that he was back then in the man Jesus. So the emphasis is not on Jesus the man. The emphasis is on the pillar of fire that was using the man to communicate and reveal himself to be present. All right. So he said now, and as he led the church then in the natural, this is the ministry of Jesus the man. He's leading the church today in the spiritual. In other words, it's the same pillar of fire leading the church through the instrument of a man. Through the agency of a man. Is that right? Now watch. Do you believe? Now watch what he's saying. Do you believe that we are in the wilderness? Now let's just say that I am a tapes only minister. And we said, and we listened to this tape, which most of the people that listen to tapes listened to tapes before 1963. 
Because after the seals open, most of the tapes are teaching and revelation are revelatory of which people cannot understand. So they don't know how to teach it. So they listen to tapes pre-seals because it appeals more to the emotion. It appeals more to the anointing because the anointing that anointed the Pentecostals, that anointing now is trying to lead a group of people out of that anointing on their flesh to a revelation upon their soul that they may become one with their leader, which is the pillar of fire. And just follow me now. All right. So he said, do you believe that we're in the wilderness? Now remember, this is 1953. And he makes the statement, we are. Now, if I listen to this tape, and yeah, I'll just read the rest of it. Are we on a road to the promised land? When they got over into Canaan, which he said did not represent heaven, they had wars in Canaan and so forth. It represented the millennium. Now, if I read that tape and go out here and say these exact words, I would be in error. Now, don't get me wrong. Now, let's watch the progress. That was the message pillar of fire. If I heard that sermon and I go out of here and I would say, well, Brother Branham said that we're in the wilderness and basically we're absolutely going to Canaan, which is the millennium, I would absolutely not be established in present day truth. Because it's not correct. We are not in the millennium. And we're not in the wilderness. Now, could people be in the wilderness? The wilderness only types a stage of sanctification. Because when you accept Christ or come out of the world, you are justified by faith, water, baptism, and the Red Sea. And now you're in a wilderness, which is a stage of sanctification taking all of these things of the world out of you, getting you ready to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Canaan is a type of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. All right, now let's just watch that. So, because now he speaks on a little later in the same year. And he speaks speak to the rock. He says, now, a lot of people apply Canaan to being over in the promised land to being the type of heaven. You say, well, I've never heard anybody say that. Well, if you read the commentary of the book of Joshua by A.W. Pink, which was one of the great scholars of the time that Brother Branham used the book, The Sovereignty of God, and he passed it out by the thousands because of A.W. Pink's teaching on the sovereignty and election of God. A.W. Pink teaches that it was heaven. Which that's who I believe that he's referring to are the scholars of that era. Watch. He said, no, it couldn't type heaven. It's the stages of the journey of the church. They had wars and everything over in Canaan. There's no wars in heaven, you know. So they had dying and murders and everything else. So they didn't have that in heaven. It's the type of the Holy Spirit. Well, Right above that quote, he said, it is a type of the millennium. Oh, Brother Brown was wrong. He can't be a prophet. But don't get your brain ahead of your nonsense now. You've got to follow. We've got to be established in present day truth. But what I'm saying is, if you just look at this sermon, and I played it this morning, 
we could walk out of here and say we're in the wilderness. We're headed to Canaan, which is our millennium, and according to Brother Branham or according to Brother Gregory, and we would not be correct as far as present day truth. How many is following me so far? All right. He said it's a type of the Holy Spirit. In other words, Canaan in the Bible, if you want to run types, is a type of the ministry of the Holy Ghost, which I believe that we're in now. The Holy Ghost filled person in this Canaan fights his battles and he's got to possess the gates of the enemy, which means there's promises left in there to us and we are to take our uh, revelation of who we are with the Holy Ghost as our token and possess the promises of healing, health, prosperity, wealth, overcome fear, overcome this, overcome that because we have the captain of the host with us called the Jesus Christ, which is the pillar of fire. Hallelujah. We are not in the wilderness. We have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Are we into our resurrection, into our millennium yet? No, we're not there, but we're in the process of taking and possessing our land, which is immortality. All right. So basically now it's the Holy Spirit, and I believe that I, that's the I call it the perusia or the presence of the pillar of fire. The prophet is off of the scene. He's been off the scene 50-something years. He said the pillar of fire is here, and the pillar of fire will lead us to the millennium. The pillar of fire will lead us to the millennium. How is the pillar of fire going to lead without a voice? So there has to be a ministry of the pillar of fire that took over from the prophet's ministry because the prophet fulfilled his ministry and his portion of the word. Right? But what he preached has not been fulfilled yet. There hadn't been a resurrection and a rapture of a glorified group of people yet. So we're still looking at the fulfillment of the message that we will absolutely bypass this tribulation coming. We will possess the gates of enemy, and the last enemy put under our feet will be death. Amen. All right. So basically, the Holy Spirit types the overcomers, which that's what I believe that we are. After they have crossed Jordan, which means death to self, which Jordan to me types the revelation of the open book, are the opening of the seals, bringing us into our promised land, which is the open book of the New Testament. When you cross Jordan, when you cross the seal, what said that's the Red Sea with the seven seals. It's basically into the New Testament, the Holy Ghost overcoming and taking the promises of our revelation of our heirship, our inheritance through Jesus Christ to possess every promise in the book is ours. In other words, we are that special group of people called my people who will fulfill, what is it, uh, St. John 14, 13 and 14. Because I honestly believe that Brother Branham fulfills St. John 14, 12. Greater works than this shall he do because I go to my Father. He absolutely done the greater works. Yeah. 
Because he said, Jesus, referring to the pillar of fire, done more and greater works in my ministry than he did in his own, which spoke of Jesus 2,000 years ago. People say, oh, Lord, have mercy. Oh, my Jesus. No, no. You can't. We've got to keep up with the Word of God. People, oh, Jesus. We love, Je we love Jesus. But we have to have a revelation. Jesus had a ministry which was revealing the Son of Man or God manifest in the flesh. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. I give up the ghost. Jesus finished his ministry. But did it stop? No, that same one in him turned around and come right back down on the day of Pentecost and continued his ministry in a body of people using Peter, disciples, and the apostle Paul. Right on down to the present days. Now watch. Here we're looking at, so if these types are true, if Brother Bram used these types, and the types are true, then we have been called out of the world. We have been called out of Babylon that we spoke of last week, which Babylon the Great to me is basically a type of America. We're the great Babylon that's going to be destroyed in a short period of time. Russia is going to bomb us. If you're young people, if you're making retirement plans, you better reserve a, a room in heaven because that's where you're going to spend it. And that should not discourage us. This is what you've been going to church for all your life. This is what brings us back week by week is a promise that we shall not go through the tribulation. Now, we have been called out of Babylon, and the prophet has laid out his message, of which we find Joshua then would only speak to the people only what Moses had already said. That's the reason Brother Branham said, say only what I have said. Meaning what? A confession. That's the perfect definition of a confession. Say what is already said. If you say what is already said in the mouth of two or three witnesses, that word shall be established in your life. It's like I talked to a young brother over the telephone this week about his salvation, getting right with God. I said, your justification is in your mouth. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A man is justified or made righteous by the words out of his own mouth. He's condemned by the words out of his own mouth. Why should we condemn ourselves? Why not say, by faith in the Word of God, I am the righteousness of Almighty God. I am a believer in the light that God has opened my understanding to understand. You cannot understand something that the Holy Spirit has not given you an understanding of. If you willfully turn your mind off to it, you will never understand. But if you're open to walk in the light, then God is responsible to either show you further light or to put you in the position that you're in and you're just as good as being perfect with the amount of light that you have. Amen. Are you following me now? You say, well, you've got a dollar's worth of light and I only got a quarter's worth of light. If that's all the light that God has given you, your quarter will get you the same position of my dollar. Amen. 
The only difference is I've got 75 cents that I'm more responsible in how I spend it. That doesn't give us the sense of being ignorant. Oh, I need, I'm not going to learn anymore, so I'll just make it with this. No, no, no. You've got to always be open to follow the light. So basically, when we are today, and we want to ask the question, then who is our Joshua? Who is talking to us? Who is leading us? Who is taking the, the message and absolutely making us one with it by studying it day and night, eating the Word of God, that we may become one with the Word and the message, and absolutely be the overcomers, taking the promises that belong to the heirs of this hour. We are in our Canaan land now. We have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We believe and confess that our leader today, the captain, the head of the church, is the Holy Ghost, God himself in the form of a pillar of fire. We have been fighting battles. How many fights battles? I told this young brother, I said, watch. When you was baptized in water, and I said it a little bit last week. When you were baptized in water, having been convicted of your condition that you're in, knowing that you need a Savior outside of yourself. You confess your sins. You confess your faith in Jesus Christ, His death, burial, and resurrection. You go to the water for what? For the remission of your sins. Every sin that you committed, every sin you missed the mark, sin means missing the mark. Every cuss word, ever this, what more you call sin, everything you've done, when you go to the water, according to the Word of God, that water and that faith by being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins cleanses you from all unrighteousness and places you perfect before Almighty God. Now you're only responsible for those things that you do after you come out of the water. Now you're in the battle between your soul and your flesh. Come on now. Here is our prison that we spoke of the other week. You're, every one of us is trapped in a prison. And we need somebody outside of the prison. We need somebody outside of myself to come and unlock the prison to set my soul free that I can be free from the bondage of sin and death. Hallelujah. How many has heard the voice and come out to follow in this message? Yes, sir. So now we're following this great leader, the pillar of fire taking us to the millennium. Now, with these thoughts in mind, let's read the text of our servant. In 2 Peter 1, verses 10 to 21, there's more, too much scripture here this morning. If I run out, just read the message and the scriptures and meditate on them, and I think it'll open up a truth that we need to see. Peter speaking in verse 10, I dropped the first nine verses, which is very important, but watch. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Now, he's referring back, for if you do these things, you shall never fail. He's speaking about verses 1 to 9, which would have to study the statue of a perfect man, the virtues, and what more to understand that. So, he's looking at verse 1 through 9. Tell them, add to your faith virtues, different, what more until you, if you do these things, you shall be perfect and never fail. So watch. So far, so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly 
into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them. Yeah. Anybody ever gets tired of hearing something that you think you already know? I don't like to listen to a sermon that I think I already know all about it. I thought, well, I know that. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them. And, watch, be established in the present truth. There's where I'm taking my text, but let's read. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir, up you, stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Now, if I follow that as a minister of the gospel, how am I going to stir you up? I'm going to put you in remembrance of what Paul said here now, or what the pillar of fire told Peter, which he was sent to the Jews, what he told Paul. We would say, I'm going to stir you up by telling you what the prophet of this hour said, as thus saith the Lord. I'm going to stir you up. But how many has got so tired of hearing the squirrel story to where the squirrel story don't cause you to run around the building and be excited and speak in tongues anymore. We can hear the squirrel story and say, yeah, that's all right. It's good. I've heard that a hundred times. That cornbread wasn't as good as cornbread last week. How many of you wives ever get worried about what do I cook? What do I fix? What do I cook? What do, what do you want to eat? You wives ever do that? Uh, what do you want to eat? Well, I have to cook up a meal every week. And I say, well, I fed them that the week before last. I fed them that last year. And I fed them that 102 sermons. Uh, what can I feed them now? So I'll tell you what. I'll just put the turnips and the peas together as a mixed pot. I'll put a little sauce or space on the meat to make it taste different. But it's the same beans and same potatoes and the same mix fixed up and mixed a different way. And everybody said, oh, that was the best meal I've had in a long time. No, it's the same thing that you eat last week, only doctored up and presented to you in a different way. I can stand up here and say, well, you know, we can just read this here. Oh, I'm in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you uh, in remembrance. Everybody going to shout over that? I don't think so. Uh, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Hmm. Isn't that exciting, folks? I mean, so the preacher has to be somewhere between an actor, a clown, and being led by God. To be the honest truth. But let's read it this way. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle. Now, let me say this. I don't have a revelation that I'm fixing to die anytime soon. So don't take this sermon as my last sermon to you. Are you following me now? If it is, amen, God knows more than I do, and it will fit perfectly. But don't take it as my last sermon. This is just a sermon to get your mind on this, that you are the Word in this hour, and you are established in the truth that is present with you. Amen. We're fixed. Okay. Knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Now, I can go through Jesus, I can go through Paul, I can go through Peter, and I can go through William Branham. I can go through all the church age messengers that said the same thing. 
Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able, after my decrease, to have these things always in remembrance. For we know not, for we have not followed cunningly devised fables. When we made known unto you the power and, and the perusia or the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitness of his majesty, for he, re for he received from God the Father honor and glory. Now he's going back to Matthew 17, referring him back to the experience of Mount Transfiguration. So he's taking the church back, and this is where he's taking it. When there came a, such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Now, the question is, at the river of Jesus' baptism, and on Mount Transfiguration at his placing, Brother Branham always stressed there was a voice that spoke about this is my beloved son. The question is, who's doing the speaking? If you're one like your finger, you're going to not be established in present day truth. If you're one with your finger, your intellect, your knowledge, and your computer is going to walk you right out of present day truth and put you in error. And I just got through reading an article of a brother that claimed down to the bottom. He said, I've been in the message 34 years. He laid out the doctrine of the perusia of Christ. He said, William Branham in Dr. Vale's revelation of the perusia, he laid it out exactly perfect and then went into detail of the 1780 theologian. Augustine said this, this theologian went back to the face of man and proved that it was not uh, of spiritual presence. It was a physical that we're looking for Jesus to come in the body. His intellect took him right through the revelation and walked him right out into error. Amen. This voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am pleased to dwell. And he said, And this voice, which came from heaven, we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. And that's about transfiguration, Matthew 17. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, which now he's looking all the way down to the road to us. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of, of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. How many remembers our lesson last week that the prophecy is spoken by a prophet? It lays there in symbolic form or spoken form. And it takes another inspired man of the Holy Ghost or the, a prophet again to interpret that prophet to bring it to fast in the fulfillment. So there's a foretelling and there is a foretelling. Our point is that this message is a foretelling, not telling us down the road, but this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. God is here fulfilling his word of Luke 17, 30. Praise God. So we're looking at the established word.
Now, though prophecy fulfilled is what gives you the deliverance from your bondage. Prophecy fulfilled delivers you out of your bondage. Prophecy fulfilled takes you out of, say, the prison or the state that you're in and moves you into the light itself to follow until that state either takes you or that state brings you to another word fulfilled that will bring you all the way to the transformation. If we're in the stage of the word being fulfilled, we have everything that we need to place us in a resurrection and a rapture. All I'm doing is telling you, this is what the Bible said. This is what the prophet said. And putting your remembrance over and over and over that you will be established, nailed down, shut down, steadfast, unmovable. You're not going to budge from it in the present truth of this day. That's what we're looking at. He said, now watch. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Now, there are many thoughts that's brought out here. You can preach the sermons on the statue of a perfect man. You can go to the entrance being ministered, which we've done that. You can go to Mount Transfiguration, which we may do when we come back. The seven steps to immortality. And in the Mount Transfiguration, there's seven steps to immortality laying right in the Scripture for you. And we'll look at that if we, if we will, if the Lord permits. But we're finding out now that these thoughts, He's bringing them down to give them confidence that they are established. Watch now. Therefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. And that's verses 1 through 9. Though you know them and be established in the present truth. Yeah. All right. Now watch. They had a present truth. Which meant the truth was presented to them in the hour that they lived and was vindicated to be true. Yeah. Right. Amy is following now. Yeah. I know it's boring, but you got to. Understand where you're at. This will nail you down because the storm's coming and you got to nail the shutters to. Peter could not present to them the truth of the rapture or the resurrection because it wasn't the hour to be made known to them or it wasn't the hour that the living people would be the word fulfilling prophecy. You and I, if we are bride, we are the living word, the prophecy of we shall not all die, we shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. We are the fulfillment of that prophecy in human flesh. Amen. Now, when you recognize your day and its message, you're recognizing what part of the scripture you are living and fulfilling in your own life. And once you see what scripture you're fulfilling, that absolutely establishes you in the present truth and lets you know that you are a part of the bride of Jesus Christ. You're part of the body and you're going to make it. Amen. Amen. 
So he could not establish them in anything except what was present for them in that day. Watch now. They were not the group to make up a different part. I mean, those there is a message for every part of the body of Christ. There were seven stages, seven messengers, seven teachers, seven ministers of the Holy Ghost. And you got to recognize what part you are. Every part has a message, which is a basically a revelation of certain scriptures that we are fulfilling. That's the reason why we repeat, it's like the Pentecostal. You go to one of his church this morning, you will hear that speaking in tongues is the evidence of the Holy Ghost. You had to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for your sin. Women got to have long hair, they got to have long dresses, and they preach that over and over and over and over and over because why? That is the scripture that was revealed to them that brought them into a revelation and made them aware that they were that part of the word being manifested. But that word is fulfilled, and we have another portion of the light that come past the hair, the dress, and what God done 60-something years ago. But we have a present-day revelation of Jesus Christ now, this morning, what God is doing in us, and He's nailing down. He's putting you in remembrance. He's telling you over and over and over the same revelation. You are my sons. You are a part of me. And you're not going into the tribulation. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. I am here and I am in charge. Praise be to God. So what we're looking at. Their present day message brought forth the seven virtues. And the presence of God and laid us right here in this season now to get out of here in a rapture. Amen. Brother Bam said, what think you of Christ? He said, but God's word is set, set up and established forever. Never altered. It's God's word forever. Watch. The prophet made the statement that there would be a bride and that that bride would be established and she would be established in a truth. I believe the truth is basically the presence or the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ, the pillar of fire. And I have repeated over certain scriptures. And you can go through them and you should know them just as well or better than I do. I believe that Luke 17.30 has been manifested in the hour which is the appearing of the Son of Man. I believe the scriptures of Matthew 24, 24 is right among us and being manifested alive right among us today. Which many Christ, many false prophets, and what are more. We understand that. We see that. We have been called out according to Revelation 1, 8 to come out over my people that we preached last week. And we have been called out into an exodus. That exodus was by a prophet under the leadership of a pillar of fire. He's led us all the way to the opening of the seals across the Red Sea, right on through the testings. To where our Jordan is that we die to ourselves and receive the presence of God himself. And realize that we were those sons who are now going to be positionally placed in the body of Christ to take the promised land. Which is what we call the adoption or manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. Now, the truth that we have been established in 
is that we are going to miss the great tribulation. Can you say praise the Lord? Now, if you were under a Pentecostal anointing, we'd get the banjo going, the piano going, and you'd shout for 30 minutes over that fact. Because if you think about it, seeing the Word creeping up on us, not even slowly anymore, not even under disguise of rules and made undercover that we don't know them about, Openly putting out here and telling you, we're going to shut you down. We're going to shut your job. We're going to control what you think. We're going to control what you say. We're going to censor everything that you say. If you don't think the same way and you don't speak the same word, you will not have any communication. We're going to close your mouth down. We're going to shut you up. I don't know what you would call the squeeze of the mark of the beast, but it sounds a whole lot like it to me. There's 75 million Americans that this spirit is after. And according to a prophet, we'll read it in a few minutes, there's coming a squeeze of this spirit. These ecclesiastical demons coming together. And according to the prophet, he went to 2 Peter and he says that at the time of that squeeze, there's going to be a squeeze and there is going to be a, a real persecution and there will be those who scoff against the teaching of the presence or the perusia of the pillar of fire being present. And he, and he reads that in 2 Peter 3, 1 to 4. They'll say, where is the promise of his presence? For since the fathers fell asleep, all these continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. We see that, and if I was a prophet, under the Spirit, I can say this day, this scripture is fulfilled. You can go on your internet and you can read where men has been in this message 25, 30, and 40 years beginning to say, well, it was all wrong. I'm, not, uh, I'm out of it. Not just one or two. Many, many, many of them. Many of them. It's either over one thing or the other. The big thing was, did Brother Branham see 16 men fall off the bridge? Well, I'll put it like this. I don't know. And by all proof and records, it didn't happen. There wasn't 16 men that fell off the bridge there at, uh, where did Jeffersonville cross there? Oh, we got a false prophet. Well, no, you, that's, if that's the way you want to go, that's fine. But I seen a, what, an eight or nine-year-old boy saying, I seen 16 men fall off a bridge. Well, it could have been a vision, which he said it was. But it could have been the vision what were a few years before that. You, I can look up the dates. I think it was. They built another bridge right up the river there. And 16 men did fall off of that bridge. Could it have been a vision? A nine-year-old boy didn't know the right bridge? I don't know. But if I'm going to make a mature or false prophet over that, then I got a problem with everything called Christianity in the world. Because I'm not going to find anybody in the world. I've got to throw David under the bush. I've got to throw Moses under the wagon. I've got to throw Paul under the wagon. He killed somebody. I wouldn't think that would, I think that would be worse off than missing whether five or six men fell off a bridge or not. I'd have to throw John the Baptist under the bridge. Because he said, there's the one. Then he said, I don't know whether that's one or not. Go ask him. 
Come on. Well, John the Baptist was false. Ah, I still preach him. So we're all false witnesses of characters that was false. Or if there's something in there that gives you a revelation that there's a truth in there, and I know it's God in there, I'm just going to follow that pillar of fire. I'm going to follow the spirit of the word through there. I'm not going to worry about whether the fire fell off the bridge or not. I'm going to follow that light wherever it leads me. I will follow. Well, what if you call stupid? That's all right. Everybody's been called stupid. I might be stupid. But I don't know that I'm stupid, so don't tell me. Just leave me alone. And I've learned all these years, don't go tell other people they're stupid because they're not going to listen to you. How many knows that everybody except you are stupid? Everybody is. How many all got an opinion that's better than anybody else's opinion? Hallelujah. Let's read a quote, and I think we're going to have to quote someone. In the Feast of the Trumpets, what did the prophet say? What has it done? In the cunningness, now he's talking about this spirit, come over my people, prophecy being fulfilled. As he said, he come in like flatteries. And what has he done? Now who's he talking about? I think he's talking about the devil. He is bringing the Protestant ecumenical council of the world churches, the spirit of Antichrist upon both of them, bringing them to the slaughter. Just like they did the other in the hour to call the bride. Watch. How? Loosed in the ecclesiastical church spirit. What's laying loose? These ecclesiastical spirit, 200,000, thousand demons of Revelation. Loosed upon what? Not upon the denominations. Yeah, they're all going to get together and join the mother horn. All the daughters go right back to the mother. Upon the bride. That puts you right in the crosshairs this morning. But here you'll get it. The bride will not go through that time. Praise God. Now all you've got is this man's word for it, as thus saith the Lord. Because you have no scripture, because what he said, the Bible says not. The church will. So when you read the Bible called the church, you're going to have to buckle up because you're going through the tribulation. And you're never going to make it through it. They're coming after the bride. But he said, watch, the church will, but not the bride. Can't you see, watch, ministers, can't you see that, brethren? The church has to go through the persecution for the perfection of it. The blood of Jesus Christ perfects the bride. We think that the blood took care of the sin question, period. There is no sin laid to our charge because we are established in present Thus saith the Lord, truth. Praise be to God. Uh, If that got down into our bones, we would come Pentecostal. We would be Baptist. We would be bride. We would be manifested sons. We would have a glorious time. Because we know that we know. He said the hour that we're living, 
the ecclesiasticals of spirits reuniting them together and bringing them all to this one big slaughter to blot out. It's already in writing here in this nation now that these churches has to be closed unless you're with the organization. It's a union. It's a boycott. Just like the mark of the beast. It's a censor. It's boycotting you. It's cutting you off. It's shutting you down. You've got about four or five of these, what do you call it, rich, whatever you want to call them, what they call them, something guards or whatever more, the great leaders of Google and Amazon and uh, Facebook and all these oligarchs, basically billionaires, billionaires, Wall Street, controlling basically the world. Now they're boldly coming out, controlling your thoughts. If they control what you put on Facebook, and they are, they control and took our president off and made him silent. Because they won't allow his voice to be communicated. If they can do that to the most powerful man in America, what are they going to do with you and I? If I get up here and start preaching like some big shot and saying that the seven hills of the Catholic Church and begin to preach you the truth and it goes out there on live stream, they're going to put a finger on this church. They're going to say all, all of a sudden they got this program in there, something negative about the system. Up it pops. They pull your record up and they say, oh, shut that guy down. Not only do they have the law behind them to shut you down, they already have the law, law behind them to go and check your records, your, basically your bank statements, everything about you. They got your history all laid out, and they can bring you to a shutdown period, stand still, and arrest you if they want to. There was a young man put a statement up, and what he'd done, he made a little what we call a caustic, uh, comical remark about Hillary Clinton, which we've all made remarks that we shouldn't make about Hillary. I don't know exactly what the remark was. They went and arrested the young man. And they're going to give him 10 years in prison for putting on his Facebook a statement negative to Hillary Clinton. Praise be to God. I love Hillary. I'm not making a joke out. I love Hillary. <laughs> Hillary can just wear them pantsuits and she can blow her mouth all she wants to. As far as I'm concerned, I don't even want anybody to know that we exist. Because when we're missing, I don't want them to get after the rest of the message churches. And they will. And they're going to move not so much in denominations, because the denomination has already learned to control their language to where it does not offend anyone. But if I get up here under a Pentecostal morning, Karen, y'all want to come? I'm getting too late and I've run off my subject. This is a good sermon. Read the notes. It's a very good sermon in it. It's a good lesson. If I get up here like I was when I was, say, 35, Bill, down in the boot hill, 
And I was preaching against Jezebels, and I was preaching against church, and I was preaching against organization, and I was preaching against sin, and I was preaching against everything. And you preach against homosexuals, transgenders, these make-believe half-priests, and whatever more. If I get to preach all together, they would come after me. And they would shut me down. I don't want to spend the rest of my life after 81 locked up in a prison. I don't want to. So I'm going to leave the homosexuals alone. I'm going to leave the transgenders alone. That don't bother me. Is it right? Nope. Is it sin? It's abomination in the sight of God. Are they going to hell? They're going to split the lake of fire open as fast as you can go. Is California going to rule the world? No, they're going to sink. And God's going to cast them alive into the lake of fire. You can say what you want to. I can keep my mouth shut. But this pillar of fire that's here has already spoke this word. It will come to pass. There is a slaughter coming, but we will not be a part of it. Hallelujah. Because we have already come out of her and we are following the pillar of fire. Would you stand this morning and give God praise for what he's done for you? Praise be to God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. You want to get excited? Think about that. Who are you this morning? We are the sons of God delivered into his presence. You have been and you are established in the present day truth. Read your notes. I'm not talking about let's get established in a truth that's present like we're going to study a subject. The truth was established by our teacher, which was William Branham and now the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is only repeating what he said through a prophet. We're not promised further light. That voice told me, you have what you need to make the rapture. Therefore, the word established and steadfast is the same word. Therefore, be established and resist the devil. In other words, don't, I'm not talking about bulldog faith like praise God. I'm, I'm talking about a knowing that you know, you're nailed down, you're steadfast, you know it, you're convinced of it. There's nothing going to move you off of it. It's thus saith the Lord, and you know it. There's nobody going to change my mind about the messenger, about what he taught, about whether we're bride. We are not in error. We're under the leadership of the Word of God. And it does not depend on what's, how smart I am, how much I can preach, or how much knowledge we got, because he's already shut you in. Are you following now? If you're shut in, and you've already been before the judge, and you're still in the light, you're still here hearing the word, there's something in your heart saying, amen, that's right, that's right. You are sealed into that revelation. And the devil would have to come in and have the same revelation to be able to get your attention to take you off on something else. I don't care who stands behind this pulpit. I tell these brothers, bring, bring, your, 
They said, two soul doctrine. Bring your female Holy Ghost. Bring your doctrine. Bring your, we're in the millennium. Bring your teaching. I'll give you an hour and a half. I don't want no three or four hours because I can't sit here and listen to something three or four hours. I'll go to sleep on him just like you go to sleep on me. But I will give you an hour and 15 minutes to come and preach your hogwash. And if you find it interesting, you follow it off. Hello, more luck to you. Bye. But I guarantee you, you may not understand it. But no matter who comes behind this pulpit, how sincere they are, you are established in a revelation. And you will might not, you won't, you shouldn't have a bad spirit when somebody doesn't say it just like you understand it. But there's something in you say, ooh, mm. Uh, that don't go up 99%. So I'll just lay that aside just a few minutes and I'll watch and see what comes out. And basically, there is a spirit of a man that's absolutely sincere that not, may not understand the depth of the word that you understand. Watch his attitude. Just watch his motive. Is he there to basically abuse you, to do something for you, or he's there to minister and help you? If he's there to help you, like Brother Man said, spit the seed out or the pit out. Don't chew on it. Don't break a tooth on it. Just say, Amen. Bless him, Lord. And let it go with that. But there's no one going to come in here and teach you a false doctrine and bring you some theological viewpoint of two theologians or St. Augustine 1760 doctrine and lead you off of the road. If there is, you never was out of, out of the wilderness in the first place. And I'm confessing, and you are to confess, that we are full of the Holy Ghost, and the pillar of fire is my captain of the faith. Amen. Amen. If I go off of the scene, there's a still that captain of the faith. And you trust that Holy Ghost, you trust that word, and you have a message that you're already nailed down in. Just go back and listen to the book of confession. Say what the prophet has already said, and take the inheritance that is yours. Amen. What are we going to sing, well, victory has been won. Oh, victory already been won. We cannot be beat for the victory already. Already been won. The victory already been won. Except defeat, you cannot be beat for the victory. Oh, hallelujah! Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior, forever. Now he brought me. Turn around and shake hands with somebody this morning. Say, We got victory in Christ today. Is to him that loves me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior. How many has victory today? Oh, let's wave and give him offering. Holy Spirit of God, we worship you. We praise your wonderful name. We thank you. Glory to God. Bless us, Lord. Cleanse us, Father. 
Glory. Well, I'm delivered. Got that song? I'm delivered. I've been delivered of the Lord. How many delivered this morning? All your sins of the blood, record washed clean. Hallelujah. Been delivered by the hand of the Lord. I've been delivered. I've been delivered. Hope the devil has on me. Well, he don't have no more. I've been delivered. Woo! Delivered. I've been delivered by the Oh, I've been delivered I've been delivered Woo, how many feels good this morning? How many glad you're saved and sanctified? Filled with the Holy Ghost I've been delivered I've been delivered Come on, let's have church this morning. We got anybody here delivered this morning? Oh, the devil had well he he don't have it no more. Liver by the hand. All glory to God. All glory to God. Oh, it can't get any better. Come on. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer this morning. Thank you for coming this morning. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your presence today. We thank you for the established truth of your presence with us. We thank you for your grace and your election, your predestination that has brought us this far. We thank you for a heart that has been open to the Word of God. We thank you for a mind that has overcome the temptations and struggle with the problems of our flesh. We thank you for every victory that you have allowed us to win. We thank you for every trial that you will take us through. And we ask you to strengthen us as we go through our testing, knowing with the surety of your word that we're going to have a rough time of it. That's all right. That's just a part of your plan for us. But we will not go through that great tribulation because we believe that the blood of Jesus Christ was the atonement for my sins once and for all. I stand absolutely established in your presence we have already stood before the great judge and he called us justified as though we never done it so we thank you for that Lord and we thank you for every soul this morning and we thank you for the divine leadership of your spirit may the great Joshua of our day this great pillar of fire 
become more real to us step by step because we know that you will lead us all the way through to the resurrection in this great translation with our glorified bodies. Thank you for your presence this morning. Thank you for the revelation that we absolutely place upon the written form. And may our hearts be open as we read and study your word. Grant it, Heavenly Father. And as the temptations come and the pressure and the squeeze comes upon every one of us, our faith will stand because we are steadfast in the present truth of this day. Bless the people. Establish the people. Give them a revelation of your divine headship and leadership in this hour. And we'll be careful to praise you for all things through Jesus Christ our Lord. And everybody said amen. God bless you. Pray for us in our travel. We're not as young as we used to. I got out of breath this morning, even loading my suitcases. Now, putting two suitcases in a car used to be exciting. Two, putting two suitcases in the trunk now is exhausting. My wife said, oh, we got one more. I said, let, out, let me sit down and get my breath to, on these two first. And then we'll, they will test us before we leave Mexico. They're going to jam something up our nose, and we're going to pray and claim that it will come out negative. My wife is so uh, afraid that it's going to come out, and they're going to keep us. Because our cat cannot stand eight days away <laughs> from, our, from our divine presence. Bless our heart, there's only one Sister Gregory among us. Amen. So God bless you. Don't stay home because you can count the times that you're going to go to church. So come every opportunity you get. And make sure when you come that you create an atmosphere by your presence and by your spirit. Because your little creators create an atmosphere that will bless somebody around you. And that the word of God will speak to their hearts and stabilize them in the present truth also. Amen? Because we are mature. We know the truth. I don't know whether there's any more truth coming. I don't know about that period of time in the resurrection, 70 days or whatever more. I don't know what the prophet will bring in that time. I don't know. But if I do know that there will never be another prophet to bring another portion outside of the two to Israel. And they're going to preach the same thing our prophet preached to us. And that is the perfect Redemption by the perfect blood of Jesus Christ answered the sin question once and for all. You're absolutely sinless in the presence of Almighty God. And that is confirmed by the word out of your own mouth. Amen. So be little amateur gods and speak what you desire to be. Amen. Because you are the my people that you're privileged to ask him anything and he will give it to you. Amen. Is that what he said? That's the one that's here and all things are possible to this pillar of fire that we're following. So God bless you. Pray for us in this travel. We'll see you. In a